Frequencies Podcast 17. Broadcasting from deep within Combine territory. It is every citizen's duty to resist the Combine and learn the truth. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Podcast 17, your one-stop shop for all Half-Life news and interviews and previews and reviews and everything else that ends in views. We have an interesting show for you guys today. Um, of course, it is myself, William, and Philip. Uh, special guest Thomas today, and interviewer Vino from Calamity Fuse. We've talked about their mod quite a bit on the show. And uh, now we have straight from the horse's mouth, almost. I'm not calling you a horse. I'll take no offense. <laughs> Philip, how you doing? Terrible. I've had a terrible week. I'm going to be Mr. Negative. I'm going to hate everything, and I don't care. Oh. <laughs> um, just a question for Philip. How would that be different from last week? Oh, I'm just kidding. I love you. No, good to be back, guys. Hopefully this will be another great show. For sure. So let's get this ball rolling, shall we? And we'll start with Podcast 17 news. I have really nothing um, in terms of Podcast 17 news. We're just trucking along into the new year. It is 2009, and uh, great new year for modding, great new year for the Half-Life community, and hopefully we can start it off with a bang. But Philip, you have some website news almost. Why don't you tell us about what's going on in uh, your little corner of the world? Well, my little corner of the world has just announced its um, Mod of the Year award. Obviously not on the same scale as uh, ModDBs, but this is just focused on single-player Half-Life related mods. It started a few days ago. We have nearly 100 votes already. There's basically 12 mods to choose from all taken from my hall of fame so if you're into sp gaming and you want to reward one particular mod for sp gaming then this is the place to do it it's all on the website planetphilip.com and it's on the banner so you should find it easy also in my corner of the world i launched a new website earlier this week called valvecommunity.net which is where i showcase uh, websites dedicated to Valve games. I only got about 50 websites on there at the moment, but I'm currently adding four per day, which doesn't take um, too much to work out. That if I keep doing this for a year, I'll have quite a few websites listed, and I really think that there's probably over 200 websites to add. So that's the news from my corner of the day, uh, corner of the world. Have you guys visited uh, Valve Community yet? Any thoughts? I'm very happy to see Podcast 17 up there. Of course. Yes. It's, uh... <laughs> It's one heck of a good site. I was very excited when you uh, first told me about the project. And, of course, I'm happy to see that Half-Life Creations has a little corner there for itself. Yes, and thank you to you for hosting it, too. Now, Philip, how can people um, get to their website on valvecommunity.net? Well, if they're in a huge hurry, they can send lots of money to my PayPal account, and I will do it immediately. Otherwise, they can either email me uh, some details, or there's actually a submission form on the website where the only required fields are the website name and the URL. If they complete the rest of the form, which is to do with thumbnail images and descriptions and uh, tags and the games it's covered, it gets added much faster. But if they only include the URL and the website name, then it gets added within a couple of days. And Valve Community is basically an index of all Half-Life websites or Valve sites? 
Yes, Valve sites. I've seen it reported a few times uh, on some of the other gaming sites that it's everything related to Half-Life 2, but it's not. It's, it's all about the games that Valve make, so nothing to do with Steam. So really we're talking Blue Shift, uh, Day of Defeat, Team Fortress, uh, Left 4 Dead, uh, a Portal, Half-Life, Deathmatch, uh, all of those games, plus a few others, Blue Shift, Opposing Force. Um, if a website covers those games, then it can be listed in the directory. I've only had to turn one website away so far who was basically a designer who made websites for those people, and I didn't feel that that was suitable. But if your website covers a Valve game, I'll add it. Wonderful. I've always wanted a site like this because uh, there's always been times where I went on some sort of hiatus and uh, I wanted to know what's big, what's the, what are the big sites now? And a site like this could really help. Is there kind of like a top 10? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of features that are useful. Firstly is the community rating. So basically, if you want to see which site has been rated the highest, I've got the top five on there. And you can also see the sites that have had the most rating. There's also tags. So if you're looking for a particular thing, for example, if you wanted to find websites that did podcasts, you just click on podcasts and it shows you the list of websites that have podcasts as part of their features. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. At the moment, it's not tremendously useful because it only has 50 websites, uh, and you've probably heard of 30 of them. But honestly, in six months, if I keep adding four every day, and I really think I can, then there's going to be a huge selection of websites that you've probably never heard of. So for your hiatus, that would be perfect because you can come back and see what's really cooking at the moment. But also, if you think, oh, I want to see you know, what else is out there, sites that you would have never have found otherwise, then this could be the place for you. Awesome. I wish you best of luck with Valve Community. It is a definite, definitely good site, and I think it gets the Podcast 17 seal of approval, so to speak. And thanks for letting me pimp it here. <laughs> no problem. All right, so we're going to move on to follow-up and errata, and I got a few emails this week about what we talked about last week, uh, which was mainly Creed's and Sven Co-op. Of course, uh, Creed's Beta 4 was released, and Sven Co-op 4.0 was released two very 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 influential uh, mods and uh, important mods to the community. One thing, uh, Sven Viking emailed me and he wanted to be clear that you do not need 3.0 to play 4.0b, and by that he means 4.0 beta. Um, you just do a clean vanilla install of every uh, 4.0. You do not need to install it over 3.0. And uh, Philip and I were talking about how 3.0 maps were missing. Well, there is a 3.0 map pack on uh, the Sven Co-op files page. So you just go to svencoop.com, you click files, and there's a whole bunch of new map packs that I didn't notice uh, last week. You can actually download all the 3.0 maps without having to install over 3.0, which might clear up a lot of other issues, maybe some compatibility issues and, uh, and the like. So... If you are going to play Sven Co-op, make sure you just install 4.0 Vanilla and not 3.0 um, underneath, and you should be good to go. The next little bit of follow-up and errata is uh, Creed's. I got an email from Tim Lippert, which is Soul Father from the Creed's team, and he wanted to uh, let me know that the game is not only about jumping, they also have 18 different game mo modes with, uh, with headroom for more people's creativity. Um, he was just telling me how he saw a brand new custom map, which uh, makes it almost look like there's more than 18 game modes. It's really up to the mapper to design their own little uh, feel for the mod. And uh, he kind of compares it to Gmod and his gaming flexibility. 
Um, I got a chance to play a lot of Creed's Beta 4 this week. Last week I couldn't, and it is true, everything that he says. There's tons of new game modes. It's not just about jumping. Um, all There's tons of really, really, really nice maps with different types of jumping modes and gameplay elements. So if you think it's just about um, your classic Creed's, then it's really not. William, I'm curious, 18 gameplay modes, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, there was this one map that I played through. It was a custom map. It wasn't an official map or a, or a stock map, so to speak. And uh, he kind of had... He took advantage of the entity system and created a sort of rock climbing mod. Um, you had to do this sort of control jump from... Um, one rock face to another rock face, and people were just rock climbing up this wall. And it was actually really, really fun. Um, and that's just a perfect example of taking advantage of what the Creed's development team has given uh, the, the mappers out there for what they can create and what really, it's up to their imagination, it looks like. But that sounds like it's still climbing. Well, it is still all climbing. I mean, you're not going to have like a capture the flag type thing or uh you know shooting your friends that's not what type of game it is it's all about agility it's not just about climbing anymore i guess that's the best way of putting it it's all about how you can move your body <laughs> but it's not you're just although simple although capture the flag sounds like kind of a cool idea if you've got like two areas maybe two towers and the fastest one to the flag is the winning team i mean you could have something like that i have a list here of all the beta 4 gameplay types to give the listeners an idea of what to expect when they play beta 4 of creeds and uh, of course there's what you would expect uh, from a normal creeds mod there's jumping bunny hopping long jump long jump bunny hops and of course there's surfing uh, that's fairly new to creeds but new to beta 4 is uh there's bungeeing um slide map death trap which involves a map where it's full of traps and you have to get through it uh, obviously survive um, flare aim which is kind of a shooting range type gameplay mode derby which involves uh, racing uh, vehicles through a map full of mines and uh, traps and such there's target race which is obviously racing only beat it in a certain amount of time there's dance which sounds really interesting that I haven't got to play yet uh, you have to stay on the dance floor for as long as you can not sure how that works but it sounds cool um, there's Raceway bunny hopping, raceway slide race. There's two-man cooperation where you need a player to help you boost through some maps. Um, and then there's soccer, pong, and connect four. So these are some of the gameplay types available to Creed's players. They they really really refined their system from from how I remember old Creed's things. You can uh, you win medals based on how fast you beat areas or in how many jumps you complete it, and you can get little achievements. Uh, based on those medals so you spend your medals towards achievements and one is like uh you can buy a little soccer ball and then you can challenge people to a game of soccer and you just play soccer right there in the creeds maps with a friend or something it's very fun sounds cool so anyway i just wanted to clear that up uh creeds has definitely came a long way if you haven't picked up 4.0 definitely check it out it's definitely worth a play okay so now on to half-life news and as such our first little bit of news, and it came early, early on in the week, is Plasma Alpha Beta release. I've never heard of an Alpha Beta. That, that's kind of contradictory. But uh, it was out, and uh, it's okay. It's kind of like a mishmash of other mods. Thomas, tell us a little bit about the history of uh, 
plasma. You were mentioning something earlier this week. Yeah, it's not so much I know the history, I just know some key components about it. Um, I'm like 75% sure that plasma was developed off of uh, a, a port or a re- in relation to the arrangement engine developed by Sysop. Uh, so it's got some pretty cool special effects. It's got some motion blurs and uh, glows and fog and stuff. But when it comes down to the meat and potatoes of the game, um, it's just a mishmash death match of a whole bunch of weapons taken from other games. And when I say weapons taken from other games, I don't mean the concept. I mean the physical model is ripped out of the game. Um, examples are there's a whole bunch of Halo weapons. Now, I know Microsoft's uh, use agreement allows that. However, there's stuff even from some of my old projects in there. Uh, opposing Force Redux, for example. like uh, the, There's a displacer model and a pipe wrench that were lifted from that pack and put into this mod, and I don't re- seem to have recalled getting any email asking if that was okay. So, But, unfortunately, where this mod is developed, that's kind of allowed, I guess. Not too many people in the Eastern, Western Europe uh, really care about copyright, and that shows in a lot of mods like Arrangement, uh, plasma paranoia that use uh, retail content. Yeah, Nick and I got a chance to play this, and uh, I can't remember what it clocked in at, but it's just a Half-Life 1 mod, and it's something around 400 mags, 400-500 mags. It was just ridiculous. I said, wow, this, what is in this thing? And uh, I dug through it, and I realized that the developer actually packaged the entire Half-Life SDK along with the mod. So it's not even packaged correctly, because you get all this junk that you actually don't need. Um, And then you go into the mod, and uh, every map is, like, different. One is co-op, one is deathmatch, one is just, like, a racing game. It's it's so weird, and and me and Nick were just talking to each other, and I was like, I've seen this model before, I've seen this kind of effect before, and there's nothing really that stands this mod apart from any other mod. Because all they did, all the developer did really was just take all his favorites and put it into one little package and then released it under his own name. It's very immature and not the right way of doing things. Um, either way, regardless, he wants the mod to die. So this is probably the last we'll see of Plasma. He said he's closing down. He said it was way too stressful. Um, well, no doubt. I'm sure he got tons of hate mail for one. Um, but I just wanted to mention it. It's definitely not worth the size, in my opinion. Um, was I playing the same mod as everybody else was playing? Because when I got into the tutorial level, it was this weird kind of, uh, um, like a horror thing, and this this mansion you were in. And this doesn't just sound like what you guys are talking about at all. Yeah, that's the same mod. Like I said, there's no real drive to it. Um, it's it's almost all, it's all over the place. The tutorial is that mansion area, and you kind of learn how to like crouch and jump, and then uh, and then you can like okay, shoot well, your weapons. I would have to say that you should definitely not play this mod if you are prone to motion sickness. Oh yeah, that's right. It uses the arrangement uh, kind of swaying of the camera and uh, the motion blurs if uh, if you jerk the camera too quickly. So it's it's definitely a a weirder um, mod, but definitely not one that's going to survive the test of time. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, Raindrop Mod posted a whole bunch of media. Philip, 
Did you take a look at Raindrop? I believe you posted this on the agenda. Yeah, I had a look. Um, I mean, it's nice to see a new uh, single-player mod being announced. Um, the, the video was a little annoying for me because I hate those kind of flash flash changes where it sort of changes to some idea, but uh, it looks interesting. There's a, another video since I posted that one on the agenda to do with the mines, huge explosions. Uh, it's nice to see somebody doing something. Uh, I can't say that I, I'm particularly impressed yet because it's early days, but it's nice to see something. Yeah, it's getting a, getting a lot of acclaim because of uh, how visual it is. A lot of early mods don't have these this this amount of uh, I don't know visual eye candy that this mod is really pumping out. So anyway, that's enough about Raindrop. Uh, keep your eye on it. Uh, there's media and a tra- there's some media and trailer out there. Uh, you can also read the synopsis, of course. Next on our list is a map called Shed Defense. Um, Version 1 Final. I got a chance to play this, and uh, I do not recommend it. It's going out right now uh, 6.6 on FPS Banana. That's actually kind of high, in my opinion. Um, It's basically a shed. You spawn a shed, and you get some weapons, and then outside are a whole bunch of zombies, and that's it. You can't even beat the map, as far as I could tell. I don't know if you beat it, Philip, but I couldn't. It just kind of hangs there when everything's dead. And uh, there's really nothing much to it. Absolutely, just avoid it. I mean, I killed all the zombies, um, and Father Grigori is on the roof helping you. Thank you very much, Father Grigori. But really, that's all it is. I mean, this would almost make a perfect addition to the hollow reality mod, where it could just be part of something bigger. You have to rush through as quickly as possible. You have limited ammo. Kill as many as you can. The number of uh, zombies you kill within a certain time gives you ammo for the next round. Something like that. But on its own, avoid it. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember Father Grigori being there. That's like one thing that I didn't notice. Oh, wait, maybe that's a different mod. Maybe that's survival. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Uh, there's, there's two maps that are very, very much the same that we're covering this week. Anyway, um, next up on our list is a Creed's update. I mean, we talked about Creed's before. I just wanted to mention that there is a 4.1 update. It uh, fixes a lot of server issues and, uh, you know, the... The normal things you'd see from a, from a heavy release directly after. Um, new GUI appearance, uh, widescreen support added, so give it a shot. Download 4.1 if you have Beta 4, and you can uh, go ahead and get your climbing on. That's just something real quick to talk about. Next is Mall Standoff. Um, I got really excited to play this. This is another uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 2 map that was released. Um, The screenshots make it look really good, and I was very much impressed from the beginning of the uh, level. Basically, you start in a little storage room in a sort of mall in City 17, because there's Combine, and it's still a little bit techy like the uh, Half-Life universe. And uh, you climb up into this le- this area, and you watch these Combine fight these zombies. I said, wow, this is really cool. This is going to be awesome. And then that was it. <laughs> you get to watch Combine fight zombies, and that was the end of the map. Yeah, I saw this. Somebody posted it on a Planet Philip forum, so I had a quick look. But I re- once I read through it, it said, this is the second version. I'm going to make some more changes before the final one. So I just decided that I would wait until the final final release. So, no, I haven't I haven't played it. I would have liked to play it, but it crashed my copy of Half-Life, so I could not. Ooh, I hate it when that happens. But uh, I hope he makes more than just some changes, because as it stands right now, this is just kind of watch the battle unfold before you, and you really, you're just a passive observer. 
Is he the same guy who made sort of uh, something similar that was posted on FPS Banana uh, a little while ago, where you all you were supposed to do was watch the combine fight the zombies, and it was like orange textures? Is he is he the same guy or she? Um, I'm not sure. See, I click the author name on FPS Banana, and it looks like they're having some database issues. But uh, I'm not. I can't say for sure. I can't remember developer names. Okay, because I mean that would make sense that maybe he he did the work on the combined zombie um, battle and then copied it or ported it or transferred it into a, a proper environment, perhaps. Yeah, possibly. But from what I remember, there were two very different maps. Um, this is kind of an enclosed space, like really, really tight mall um, mall standoff or whatever. And uh, that orange map was giant. It was kind of like spread over a long area. I mean, anybody can do this. They just throw a couple combine and a couple zombies and some turrets in a room, and then you don't really have to script anything fancy. Just kind of do it, does it on its own. Sure. I didn't know whether he'd modified uh, any of the AI or the behavior, though. Oh, no, I doubt it. I definitely doubt it. All right, next up on our list, uh, another Half-Life 2 single-player map called Canals Version 2. Um, I had a lot of fun with this, and I think... You did too as well, Philip. But it just kind of ends abruptly. Um, there's definite work to be done, and it hopefully it gets expanded. But this is definitely a good, good map this week. Or map pack, almost. Yeah, I quite enjoyed this. I mean, it's called version 2, and version 1 is available on Planet Philip as well. Um, and it just seems like he's just working on improving his skills and building areas similar to the canals from Half-Life 2. I mean, you're right, the ending was so abrupt, I was like, what? Is this it? Seriously? Um, which is a little annoying, but as a whole map pack, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, okay, I was going to say that uh, I enjoyed the uh, the lighting. He had he had really really good sense of lighting. Um, and the problem-solving, the puzzles... Uh, in this map, which is something you don't see a lot. Yeah, that's another really, really good point that I enjoyed as well. Oh, and also, um, it, it, it actually, there's a hidden path you can take that uh, I got all the way to the end of before I got stuck and had to go back and take the real path because he hadn't finished it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a hidden path. Uh, in the room with like a generator or something, there is you're supposed to take these these barrels and and bring them somewhere and instead you can break this grate and go into a like a like a like a vent and then you go to a, another place yeah oh, i followed i followed the, the the grate in the generator room that's what i thought i was supposed to go really because i thought you were supposed to go up to the ladder that you can't latch onto or something oh i'll have to open it up and play again see if i went the wrong way Okay, I thought you were supposed to take those barrels and take them up around and then jump on the barrels because there's a ladder up there, but I couldn't get up on the ladder, so I figured you just hadn't finished it yet. Yeah, if, if all the listeners out there, don't be surprised when the ending comes and there's unfinished maps and then things... Actually, I got I just kind of walked off into the skybox um, last I remembered. <laughs> um, so the map kind of ends like that. Still, still very beta. Um, he's going to add more, definitely. But keep your eye on this. But it's fun. It's very long before the map kind of just fizzles out, almost. 
Another map on our list is Survival, which is what Philip was talking about earlier. Um, it's, a, it's a lot like Shed Defense. Um, there's a house, only instead of a shed. Um, there's lots of weapons in said house, and then as soon as you get outside, you have to fight lots of zombies. You, and you can't get back inside the house, which really bugged me. Um, yeah, clearly... me too. Uh, sorry, yeah, me too. Once I got outside, I was like, right, I want to get some more ammo. What? The door's locked? Ah, oh, come on. I think you can get back inside, you just have to touch the door instead of pressing E. Really? You were able to get back inside? I was able to get back inside. Oh, wow. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and play everything this week, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it was okay. Um, the the house was a little bit claustrophobic. It, it Another clear kind of first map, or first-ish map, I can't say whether or not it's his official first map... But uh, it's clearly a beginning stages of some sort of mapping career. Um, other than that, it was fun if you like these sort of horde maps. I liked this one better than Shed Defense, though. Yeah, me too. Not much so, more, but a little. Yeah, I mean, it's still in the same category. There's so, only so much you can do with an open field and then you defending against zombies, really. On both of them, I managed to kill all the zombies without running out of ammunition. Yeah, I was lucky enough to grab tons of ammo before I ran out and got locked out of the house. If I play one of these maps in future, I'm going to just pick up the ammo and throw it outside before I exit the rooms. <laughs> you never know when you're going to get trapped. Actually, sometimes I do that. If I'm in an area and I'm, like, loaded up and I think, all right, something big is coming up, I take it, and if I have the gravity gun, I just, like, throw it 300 feet in front of me where I know I'm going and hope that I can use it later. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm usually pretty good at telling when, uh, when bosses are coming or uh, when a loading, when even a loading area is coming up. It's kind of like a sixth sense. Anyway, up next on our single-player entries of the week is uh, Deal with Destiny for Half-Life 2. Philip, tell us what this is all about and how you found this. I was browsing um, some of the Russian and uh, Eastern European sites that I occasionally get to, and I saw that this was listed, and uh, I thought, oh, that looks interesting. I've never heard of that before. I tried to download it. Uh, the download wasn't working, so I posted on my forum, Does Anybody Have This?, and one of my contacts, who shall name uh, nameless at the moment, sent me um, this plus two other mods. And actually, they were released as illegal standalone Half-Life 2 installations. And I've seen this many times before. People, possibly from Russia, although I don't want to be uh, to um, point my finger at the Russians all the time, but definitely in the past, these are available from Russia. And they're basically just illegal um, Half-Life 2 that don't require Steam. And they put one or two big mods in there, and you buy them on CD. And in this case, I downloaded them, and I extracted the uh, map files, and I should have done some more. And somebody is currently converting three of those three uh, illegal installations into mods, the same we, as we did for... Oh, God, I can't think of their names. But there were two for Half-Life 1 that we did. Um, and that's how I found it, and I played it, and I loved it. And I know people like Chris Fox, who is the maker of The Citizen, and The Citizen 2 really doesn't like these kind of things, and a couple of people posted on PP already that they didn't like it. But from a player's point of view, I really, really enjoyed it. There's loads of little errors. There's one bug where you have to no-clip through a wall. There's lots of gaps in the textures. There's areas that are very bland. But there's a really cool um, sequence at the end with a train yard, and I've really, really enjoyed it. And 
I might even make it my uh, Hall of Fame for 2009. Uh, it's definitely on my potential list anyway. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing through it too. Um, it is fairly long. You did warn me that it's going to be hours of gameplay. And I heeded your warning and I sat down and set some time aside. But I didn't realize how hard it was going to be on hard. So I actually had to turn down my difficulty um, because when it gets that hard, I, I end up just kind of going zombie and turning on god mode and impulse 101 and just fighting my way through that way. But uh, I did tone down the difficulty and played through it, and it was really fun. I did have a lot of, uh, a lot of good times playing through it. I didn't have to no-clip through anything, though. Um, but I did notice the bland areas you're talking about. So when you got to that room with Dr. Breen, sorry listeners, if you haven't played it and you don't want spoilers, put your fingers in your ears now. When you got to the area with Breen, how did you get any further? I had to no-clip through the, through the wall on the second level. Same for Really, I don't remember no-clipping. I remember that room, but I can't remember what I did. Um, I think something really? just opened. Yeah. Nearly everybody in the PP forum said that, or on the, on the post, said that they had to no-clip through that part. No, as soon as I turned down the difficulty, I had to use no cheats. And I got to that train sequence you're talking about at the end. Strange, huh? Maybe you were just really lucky. Maybe there was a switch somewhere that I didn't trigger and the other people didn't trigger or something. Did you do anything to Breen? Did you try and shoot him, kill him, talk to him, kiss him? What? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. I'm, I yes, recall something it. just opening. Come on, admit it. You kissed Breen and he opened the door for you and you just don't want to say that on the podcast. <laughs> I kissed Brian and he didn't open the door for me. I'm just sexier uh, yeah, than you. W yeah, William has a beard, and I think Breen's got a beard, so it's like the beard thing going on there. <laughs> oh, you're just jealous at the game like me better. Damn right I am. <laughs> so, I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, I think uh, he, whoever made it had a knack for putting like traps and enemies in places where you normally wouldn't see them, kind of out of the way places where you just walk past and then they blow up at you or whatever and um, it surprises you. And another thing that I liked, um, maybe not that I liked, but he had, it felt like he had a story that he was trying to tell. Like maybe if he had some, some voiceovers in there, he could have told a story about, oh, you're trying to do this. Because then you go up the rocket and you get in the Jeep and you go past these factories and stuff, you know. It felt like, like there was something going on that just... Maybe it was in Russian originally or something like that. Um, but one thing I didn't like is that it would pitch you against a lot of different kinds of, of battles at once. You would have to fight snipers and a gunship and a bunch of dudes on the ground all at the same time, which maybe I'm just not used to because Half-Life, Half-Life 2 never do that to you. So yeah, that's a good point. There is that particular section. I mean, I... I agonized whether I was really supposed to kill those snipers or whether I should just run around them. And, and you're right, it, at that particular point, it can be quite overwhelming. Yeah, I ended up, I ended up just running past those snipers. We're trying to get as close to the building as possible so I can at least lob some grenades in there. But there were some ways, times when I had to change my strategy. Because you can actually run all the way uh, almost up to the house before it triggers if you're fast at it. So that's what I ended up doing as well. Yeah, right. I ran around, but I'm sure that I got shot once through one of the the uh, the cliffs, but that's just, you know, like uh, the polish that's missing from this pack. Everything just happens so fast. <laughs> but definitely, my um, my end recommendation is play it now. Play it now. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, it is it is very fun. Uh, just don't set yourself for disappointment and play it on a harder difficulty, because it's not made for that. 
play it now. Alright, so next on our list is uh, Empires released an update, and you've heard me talk about Empires a lot over the uh, past couple episodes. And this, they have released an update for uh, 2.2, called 2.21. And it just adds a whole bunch of new things, like uh, shells now eject from all weapons, and they add muzzle flashes. Um, they also modified a couple of uh, maps, modified a couple of features, and fixed a whole bunch of things that needed desperately to be fixed. So check it out. Um, get If you're an Empires player, definitely pl uh, download 2.21 and uh, get your Empires on. And then uh, next up on our list is the 2008 Mod Database Mod of the Year Awards. Last week we had Stenchy on the show, and uh, he was telling us how nominations will start soon for 2008 Mod of the Year, and they have started. Uh, you can nominate, or I guess vote, for uh, any mod that has been nominated for 2008 Mod of the Year Awards. Basically how it works is uh, you go to a mod profile, and there's a little button called Vote for Mod of the Year in the 2008 Mod of the Year Awards, and uh, you go ahead and click that. And you can vote on as many mods as you want. You don't have to, like, rack your brain and pick one. You can vote as many times as you want, and then they'll tally up all those votes, and they'll give you the 2008 Mod of the Year. This is so fun to do. Um, I like when I do my little news runs going around and giving mods my seal of approval almost and voting uh, certain mods that I think should win mod of the year. And uh, it's just fun to watch this all kind of fold out. And I love watching the end results and I love going through the awards. Um, definitely something I look forward to and I know there's a lot of people out there who look forward to uh, mod of the year awards. Yeah, they have thousands and thousands of votes every year, don't they? Yeah, it's intense how many things are nominated. Um, just even some things that I've never, that I never would have thought um, would get nominated for Mod of the Year, got nominated this year. If you go to like any profile, it's nominated and you can vote for it. Um, last year it wasn't really like that. There's selective nominations, um, so it's definitely different this this year around. Thomas, what are your uh, votes for Mod of the Year this year? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Like, the whole, like, mod of the year used to be different for me before I started development, and then when I started development, it, it just turned into something, a totally different beast, because as a developer, you realize uh, what's popular, what's not, and what you're competing against, and it's really a competition, that's why it's a vote, right? Um, for a few mods, it's really great, they get the extra publicity, but some of those mods don't really need it, and others could use it. Um, but when it comes down to the votes, if Black Mesa Source doesn't appear on the list, I will sell my $1,200 computer for 5 bucks because I think you and I both know that it's going to be there. Yeah, and this kind of bothers me about the Model of the Year Awards, and uh, I wanted to mention this a little bit later, but you brought up a good point. What happens as soon as ModDB says, okay, Mod of the Year Awards start now, vote for all the mods that were nominated... People release really, really, really crappy news posts. And you see, you saw this all week. Everybody was just releasing something so that they can get on the page. Because when people visit your profile, they see that you can be voted for. And there's very few people out there who will take time to go to their favorite mods or their mod profiles that they really enjoy and go and vote for their mod. So you get a lot of people who post news reports. And what bothers me is that Black Mesa Source hasn't done this since the nominations. So... 
they're not getting that kind of exposure that other lesser mods are getting right now. Um, so you're getting less and less people voting for them almost. I think what they need to do before the votes are done is do one really, really nice news post. So they get on the front page, and then they'll get voted up. Uh, insanely. They'll get insanely voted up. I disagree. Um, Black Mesa Source has a big enough community. I don't think they need to make a news post. Anyone that's watching this mod will probably take the time to go to that profile because they're fanatics. And like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That mod looks amazing. Um, the thing that you said about the news posts is that, yeah, everyone's trying to get on the front page, especially the small mods that have no chance of exposure. I'm not going to lie. I tried to do this. I tried to make a news post about uh, Heart of Evil Napalm Edition on the ModDB page, but uh, I don't know what I did wrong. I followed all the formatting guidelines, but it got archived because it was apparently close to spam. But not going to go there. Yeah, but all, sorry, all I'm saying is that if they don't make Mod of the Year, I think I would attribute to that and not to their skills. I mean, I don't vote very much on, on this. Not, not that I have anything against it, but because I'm too busy doing my own thing. But uh, to me, it seems that perhaps really that they it shouldn't be allowed that everybody can nominate a mod because otherwise everybody's going to... Uh, nominate their own mod and they're going to get their own community to to nominate it and you know really how many of these mods are actually have a chance of winning and the way i chose to do mine sorry to pimp planet philip again is that during the year i'd got the best of uh, what i call the hall of fame and at the end of the year i just said these are the mods that you can vote for because otherwise you'll be voting for literally 150 mods were released on planet philip last year and really that it's just too many if you restrict the number for each category and say that these are what you can vote for okay some people are going to be a little upset but you know that those 10 or 20 or however many are really going to be the best ones and they're only the ones that have any chance of winning yeah, I think for mod of the year, once you get down to the lower, lower numbers, and I do look at the whole list, um, once you get down to those bottom of the list, you can't really take those. You, have, you really have to take it for a grain of salt, because when you get that far into the little numbers, um, there's so many other mods, because like I said, there's so many mods nominated, um, it's hard to really say, well, this mod's better than this one because it got one more vote. Um, that's when you have to take in that sort of margin of error, almost. Anyway, so uh, talking about mod updates because of uh, Mod of the Year, and you can't attribute this exactly to Mod of the Year, but Mario Kart Source um, released some media, and uh, this is one of my highly anticipated mods, which I thought was actually dead. But uh, alas, they have media, and it's cool. Um, they got a whole bunch of images of uh, the Pipe Plaza, the Skyscraper map, the Toad's Turnpike, um, the Baby Park, and then, of course, they have a whole bunch of new models for their racers posted. And actually, you can race as Rob and uh, Rosalina from uh, Mario Galaxies. So this is cool. I, I can't wait till this mod this is going to be one of my top mods once it's released. I love Mario Kart. Yeah, me too. Well, this mod looks really neat and I think will be fun, I'm just waiting for a C&D from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I don't know, we talked about uh, cease and desist orders before. I don't know if Nintendo will really make a cease and desist on this. I don't know why, I just have some sort of feeling. Ooh, I don't know, Mario Kart on the Wii's been out for a little while now, I think that uh, this could threaten its supremacy for online play over a faster network. Ooh, that's true too. Yeah, I guess the 
I guess the team has to be careful about how many news posts they make if they don't want uh, Nintendo on their back. I wonder if there's an organization who, uh, whose specific objective is to monitor things like this, because these game companies know that people make mods. Of course they do. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm almost thinking that if they haven't had a and d by now, are they likely to get one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a great example is a project called Chrono Trigger Resurrection that got closed by Square Enix like two or three years in- into its development. Then they got the C&D. So don't let the time, the timing fool you because they can just send those whenever they please. They can be like, oh, this project will never get off the ground, and then they'll leave it. And then when they see that it's actually doing something, they're like, oh, maybe we should send them a letter. Which is a shame because that Chrono Trigger game looked really awesome. Yeah, somebody made a a post on the ModDB forums about maybe this or the, uh, I think it was the Star Star Trek Enterprise mod, that if you're really worried about that, you should literally just wait until it's ready to be released and then just seed it and torrent it and just make it available everywhere and then it's too late. <laughs> I guess Not that's that way. we're condoning any such thing. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, you guys are just, just repeating a possible situation. Yeah, exactly. I'm just repeating what was said on a forum. I think t- Star Trek, um, we, we talked to Star Trek Temporal Cold War before and asked them how they're dealing with uh, 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 Paramount. And they said, we contacted Paramount, we tried our best at getting a hold of them, we, we called their offices, we emailed them, we did everything in our power, and uh, we got no reply. So a non-verbal agreement, almost, from Paramount. And then... Um, if they do give you a C&D, you can take that sort of thing to court with you. And if you really if you really put a lot of man hours into your mod, and it's something that's very, very much important to you, and you got this nonverbal agreement um, from a lawyer's point of view, then that's, that's grounds enough to take them to court about it. And then, uh, you know, the judge or whoever can say, well, why didn't you respond to their emails before they went through all this work? Yeah, but who's got the cash to be able to do that? Oh, I know, I know. It's just, I'm just saying. Always cover your tracks. Next up on our list, though, uh, before we get too much into that, is Fragout. And, uh, of course, we talk about Fragout often on the show. Duck Sauce keeps us informed, as always. Um, they have a whole bunch of media releases. Um, there's some new previews of models, some new previews of sprays, um, and a really, really cool video of their sailboat grenade footage, which kind of allows you to boost yourself up into the air. Um, thankfully, there's no fall damage in Fragout, um, but this game looks definitely cool, definitely, definitely cool. Thomas, you got a chance to play this, didn't you? Yeah, actually, I get dragged in by Duck Sauce uh, quite often into a Steam chat window, and it's like, here's a new beta, come test it with us, and I'm like, okay. Uh, unfortunately, the, the most recent beta, I have it sitting on my uh, other computer, and I didn't get the chance to play it. I think it was yesterday when he pulled me in, but uh, the original concept, I'm like, okay, this could be fun, and uh, there was a few bugs in the very first test I played where every time I spawned, I would automatically throw the holy hand grenade, and that kind of ticked me off, but apparently they fixed that, which is good. Um, but no, this mod will show a lot of promise, and of course, I not saying that just because it's hosted on Half-Life Creations now. Wait, do you mean that the holy hand grenade of Antioch is in this game? The very same. Pull the pin and count to three. Well, I'm definitely going to play this game. 
Yeah, he's doing a lot of really, really, really nice things. And he's really pulling from his creativity, which is nice. And we're seeing it in the trailers, some really creative things. Um, and, you know, the watermelon grenade. And, uh, like I said, the sailboat grenade is very cool. A little skull grenade that explodes into mini skulls. Did you guys, uh, I don't know if you do see it in the video because I haven't seen it, but do you see the uh, throw animations for the watermelon? I thought he just kind of pushes it out with, like, both hands. That's what I noticed. There is a watermelon in the sailboat video, but uh, you can't really tell what he does with it. Uh, I have to tell you about this. I hope it's not too much of a spoiler, but you're holding it like you wouldn't a regular watermelon. They actually do have decent animations for this, and you actually hold it in front of you for a few seconds, and you shake it up, and you throw it. So it must be, like, vodka-filled or something. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just watching the video now, and you sort of see you, you, you're holding it with two hands, and then it does move around, but then it seems to... Oh, wait, here it goes again. And then it's disappeared. It's just disappeared from, from the video I'm watching anyway. Yeah, either way, I, I was joking around with Ducksoft, and I was like, get me on your beta team. I want to play this. It looks fun. He's like, I only have one slot. Are you sure you really want to join? I was like, no, I can wait. I'm just kidding. But uh, they're, they're coming a long way in development. I mean, Vino and I were talking before the show, and he was like, what's this frag out? And I was like, well, they release a lot of media, and they've been coming a long way in the past month, or month and a half almost. Um, they're really powerhousing through this mod, which is nice to see. Oh, yeah, this sailboat thing looks kind of cool. You just sort of throw it, you knock it off, and then jump in the air, and then you fly for a bit. Okay, uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of cool. Because it's wind power. <laughs> it's almost like a rocket jump in TFC or TF2, only without the pain that comes along with that. Um, next on our list is um, Combine for Citadel City 17 Demo 1.1. They just recently released a new demo for their game, and I remember playing the original demo, and maybe, Philip, you can prove me wrong, but this one was very much different from the original demo. Yeah, it was different. It was better, but uh, I still don't think that the the people are listening to the feedback that they're getting. And I also think that releasing something so similar is uh, bad news as well, because if you expect me to play through it and then make a list of all the things that need to be improved, and then you release another one and you haven't improved those things, then I feel that I'm wasting my time. A good example at the beginning is there's a fence. When the mod first starts, there's a fence. Now, I'm curious. I jump over this fence. Um, and when you jump over this fence, you're stuck. Now, this happened in the first one, and I said, remove the fence or make it so you can't jump over it, and it hasn't been changed, and it's little things like that that you think, well, why am I wasting my time, you know, beta testing this for you if you're not even listening to us? However, I know that I'm, you know, a little bitchy this week, and there are things that have been improved, and I did play through until it crashed on me, and it is, is much better, but the thing that I would say to the author is stop varying the environments. Stick to one type of environment and, and use it and do it well. I mean, the, the Citadel environments are quite nice, but then 10 seconds later, you're back into the, into the city itself and you're outside and then suddenly you're back inside again. And oof, that really annoyed me. Another thing is think very carefully about where you put your load points because you've got a load point exactly at the same point as two crates. So you go into the next level you look at the crates behind you, you decide that you want to break those crates to get the ammo, and you move back, and suddenly you're back in the previous level. And that is, like, really freaking annoying. So think really carefully about where you put your load points. Uh, sorry to keep on, guys. I'll give you a chance in a second. But the Metrocop zombies, that's quite a nice idea, except that when you kill them, 
suddenly there's a head crab lying on the ground and that sort of doesn't quite fit so I'm not really sure what's going on there and lastly when I played this particular version the two rebels at the beginning called me Gordon and I'm their best friend as soon as I go on to the next level they turn on me and I've got no idea why so you know figure that out please <laughs> yeah um there's still a lot of work to be done with this mod and uh you know, they give you a public dem demo. This is what bothers me, is I was playing through the mod, and I had fun. I actually very much enjoyed the outdoor sequences over the Citadel sequences. Um, kind of opposite to you, Philip. Um, but when you get to the end, it's, it's like you're playing a closed alpha. Like, I am a beta tester, and you're throwing this... Uh, this mod at me that's not properly clipped, that I'm falling out of the sky, that I have to no-clip through to get through areas, that's not fully completed, just exclude that part from a public beta, if it's a public beta. This bothers me to all hell, because these things do not belong in a public beta. You have people, potentially people who don't know better, that think this is your final version of your mod. You have to keep that in mind when you're posting these sort of things online. And it's obviously not, but people are going to get the wrong impression. If you have a map that falls into the skybox, or you have a map that's not properly completed, or uh, not properly clipped, clipped yet, or just unfinished areas, do not include it in a public demo. It's just not the way it's supposed to work. My um, my level crashed just after the train crossed the tracks. I went forward, I killed everybody, and then I came back a little bit. How much more have I missed? Quite a bit, actually. But that's kind of where the, the map almost goes downhill, or the pack kind of goes downhill. After that train part, um, I believe you go up, you let the train go, and then there's, like, rebels to your right. Am I right? Uh, there's, like, combine on a fence in front of you, and then there's rebels to your right and, uh, like, a road in front of you, right? Yeah, correct. I killed everybody there. Right. That's that's almost where the, the mod goes downhill. After that, you get into, like, this sort of train station. It's only half-built, and you start falling through floors, and you fall through the skyboxes. It's just a pain. I got so aggravated. Okay, this is my final word on this particular mod. Um, my advice to the authors is to rethink your whole plan because I know that you've got like nine chapters and that you've only really finished one. My advice is to just focus on something much smaller, put as much detail in as you can. In fact, that reminds me, I remember going into one area of the room and there's like this rubbish on the floor and it's just copied and pasted four times so there's like four piles of the exact rubbish in the room make your areas detailed stick to one type of area before you move to another I mean I agree William I quite like the outdoor scenes but I didn't like it that every 15 steps I was in a citadel type environment another 15 steps I was outdoors 15 steps I was back inside just make your mod smaller make it detailed and make it as perfect as you can don't make it big just make it perfect Right, exactly. Um, and back to that, uh, that kind of junk in the in the areas when they were placing the the rubbish or the debris. Um, like, clearly, you're not. I don't want to say the mod developers don't care. They obviously care. But when you have um, debris going through walls and clipping in through on the other side, I mean, this is just 
these are just things that you're not paying attention to. You really have to pay attention to each one of your little, little small areas before you release it. Like, comb it over with a fine comb. Get a magnifying glass out. Check every corner. Check every check where every brush meets um, the adjacent brushes. Because these are the types of things people like us will pick through and nitpick. And we'll notice it if you don't have it right. <laughs> Agree. So anyway, um, those are our little rants about that. Hopefully they'll take some of our opinions out this time, and uh, maybe in the next demo, if they do release a demo, will be a little bit smaller and a little bit more refined. Now, tell us about Missing Information 1.5, Philip, because you added this last minute, and I have no idea what this is. Okay, Missing Information 1.4 was released a long, long time ago, and really it's um, a collection of all the leaked beta from Half-Life 2. Um, and that's not really very good. It's uh, probably illegal. But um, 1.5 is uh, the latest version. I've posted 1.4 on the uh, Planet Philip, and I didn't know that this mod was still in development. Uh, it features uh, gameplay on the Borealis. It features some um, indistinct areas where you get to play around with a few things. It's quite interesting. I mean, it crashed on me many, many times in the 1.4 version and I'm very curious to see what the 1.5 version does better hopefully it'll be um, uh, bug free and I've also called decided to change the name I think this is now called the uh, the Boeing mod or the, the bingo mod or something so that's really what missing information 1.5 is any of you guys played it or even the 1.4 version I played 1.4 and I remember it being very buggy but seeing some really really cool things like uh, the Borealis and uh trudging through that uh, that that ship. And I said, wow, this is actually pretty cool. Um, you know, this kind of gives you a sneak peek into what episode 3 is going to be like. So I will play 1.5 probably right after this podcast. I'm very excited. Anyway, um, moving on. Our last little bit of news before we get on to our interview with, uh, with Vino from Calamity Fuse is um, B-Rimbao. <laughs> Did did we pronounce that right, Vino? You seem to have some history with this mod. Birimbao? Oh, I, I don't know what the official uh, pronunciation is. I thought it was Berimbao. Yeah, I don't know. I just say it how I read it. And uh, Birimbao. We'll just say Birimbao. Because that's how I've been saying uh how I've been saying it for, for quite a while now. Um, we got a special closed beta test. Me, Thomas, Nick, and my friend Andrew um, went in... Um, in a server, and we got to play Beer and Bow early, and I have to say, this mod is fantastic. Oh my god, it was so fun. Um, like Nick, I quote Nick in saying that I was smiling the entire time, and we were playing for about an hour and a half. This mod is so fun, the maps are just beautiful, um, there's a real, real, real concentration on the way, um, they do the combat system. Thomas, do you have any impressions before I rant on a little bit further? It's over! No, that was... <laughs> man, I have never had so much fun with just melee weapons. Like, the whole concept of the, the dueling between uh, two people is just amazing, and how good it looks. Like I was telling you last night uh, in the Ventrilo channel, just watching the special effects of uh, the combat going on. I don't want to give too much away for those that... Uh, haven't seen it yet because man this is polished and it's only got the one character right now I think he's planning on adding more but uh, I'll let you cover this Will because uh, well I can see you're creaming your pants over there so go ahead 
<laughs> yeah, um, the first thing that I noticed when I came into the beta was the special effects. And you don't want to ruin it, but I will ruin it, because there's people out there like me who want to know now. And uh, as soon as you clash swords with your dueling partner, um, you know, sparks fly, the effects just come out of nowhere, um, you kick up dusk, dust, sorry, um, the, the camera gets blurred, and these are effects that are way better than effects you would, you would expect in uh, Half-Life Episode 2. I mean, the, the polish on this is incredible. It just makes, makes the mod so beautiful to look at, you, you kind of forget you're playing. Um, however, the way it works is um, you duel, you get into a server and you duel 1v1. And everybody who's also in the server with you wait until the one person is done dueling the other person. And then it's kind of like a queue system. Um, whoever wins goes on to the next round and they fight somebody who's spectating or watching. And it just kind of goes down to that list. If you lose, you get out and you're replaced by somebody else and spectate. Um, this is really my only gripe with it, to be honest. Because you have people in spectate who's waiting. Um, servers at, at this point would only be able to hold six people before people get antsy, in my opinion. Um, I really think they need multiple dueling areas per map. Um, so, like, 1v1 and then another 1v1 and then another 1v1 all at the same time. I can understand how complicated that might be in terms of coding and making sure nobody's trapped in some sort of dueling limbo. But uh, if you're going to play it, play it with very few people, otherwise uh, you might have to fix this part. They might have to fix this part. You, you stole my idea, you nerd. I said that last night. I'm gonna come over there and beat you about the multiple multiple dueling areas. I'm gonna buy a plane ticket. Are you in Toronto? I'm gonna find you. <laughs> yeah, but we all kind of said it. We were all like, standing at spectating and we were like, well, I can see where people would get kind of, um, aggravated with this waiting system um and that kind of bothered me but regardless the map is so fun or i mean sorry the mod is so fun and it's not done yet so don't go by what we're saying when it's released they could have multiple dueling arenas and uh, maybe that's something they're working on another thing that i mentioned that i know they're working on is a training uh training dojo so to speak so that you can understand all the different stances and it's it's amazing how easy this is to pick up. Um, there's four stances when you're dueling uh, with swords, and uh, it sounds complicated at first, but you get so used to it. And then you really, really hone your skills. I mean, um, the developer left about halfway through, and then we just kind of continued on playing, and we got kind of good at it, like trying to figure out how to get behind people and uh, countering stances. It's just so fun. Who was it that kept running into that back room and that uh, monastery map? Yeah, that was my friend Andrew. There's a map and uh, it's kind of like a, a temple, and there's a there's a side room that Thomas absolutely hated. So I just um, sorry, I just uh, Googled uh, the word uh, Birimbau, and it turns out that you were correct. It's pronounced Birimbau. It's a Afro-Brazilian musical instrument of some kind. I don't know why they named it that. Birimbau. Huh. Well, I'm glad I pronounced it right. My English skills are proper, I guess. And I would love to play this mod, except uh, every time... I'm friends with one of the guys on the dev team, Zambu. Every time he gives me a chance to play it, I'm unfortunately busy, so I haven't had a chance. Ooh, you should definitely throw everything aside and play it. It is so fun. I will, since you guys speak of it so highly, I'm going to make a point of doing it. 
and the sounds are just awesome. That's another thing that really striked me from this mod, eh, Thomas? Like, the environmental sounds and when uh, swords clash and kind of the, uh, the hitting effects. It's just, everything is just timed so perfectly. And if you're worried about um, Half-Life 2 melee system, which I've mentioned before on the show, fear not. Because it's just, it's so fluid. The whole mod is just very, very fluid. Nick has been bugging me. Uh, Nick bugged me all last night to play again. And I was like, dude, I got other stuff to do. Just leave me alone. And he was like, no, I want to play. I'm like, I can't right now. <laughs> I've just been watching the videos while you guys have been talking. Um, can you do many jumps? It looks like that you know you, you can jump a little bit, but it would be kind of fun if you could jump quite high. No, actually, you can't jump at all from the test that we were playing. Um, maybe they're adding it in the future, but the way it works is there's rolls. You roll out of the way, and that's kind of your dodging system. So space is bound to roll and not to jump. Another thing that we noticed in the playtest that we had, autoblock was on. And uh, what that basically means is if you're attacking somebody and they're just standing there, they'll auto-block. So our playtest is going to be drastically different than, uh, like, our playing experience is going to be drastically different than the final version because auto-block will actually be turned off. So if somebody's just standing there, they're going to have to manually block to block um, sword swings. Whereas if somebody was AFK, you could just eat away at their stamina, so to speak, and uh, still still not kill them because <laughs> they're just standing there so currently there's only one uh, player model and the future is more player models with unique types of swings or uh, skills i'm not sure about unique type of skills or swings um he didn't really mention anything about that but new player models definitely he is going to be adding more player models i'm waiting for that chick that was on the the menu screen there i'd like to chop her if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, the splash screen featured <laughs> the splash screen featured a very good-looking female, I guess samurai. <laughs> I got a little excited when I saw that the first time. I'm more interested in some of these screenshots from the raindrop mod. I wonder what that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, anyway, so that's that. Check out Birimbau or whatever Birimbau and. Uh, Keep your eye on this mod. I've definitely voted it for mod of the year. It's going to be my mod of the year when it's released, um, most definitely. And uh, hopefully we get to play some new playtests and we can keep you updated on the uh, successes of this mod, almost, so to speak. So, that does it for Half-Life. Oh, no, wait, there's one more thing that we wanted to talk about. And that's uh, GoldenEye Source released 1.1H of their mod. I'm not really sure what's different for GoldenEye Source Beta 1.1H. Um, you kind of have to drill down and go to get to their website in order to figure it out. I haven't had time to do so, but uh, it's out if you're a GoldenEye Source fan. I've, I remember playing this mod and I had a lot of really, really good times uh, reliving my youth almost. And uh, play through it. There's a new beta out. Just that simple. Okay, so now it's time for an interview with... Uh, Vino from Calamity Fuse. And to start it off, Vino, why don't you tell us what Calamity Fuse is? Okay. Calamity Fuse is kind of a three games in one. Uh, you have your role-playing game elements, your first-person shooter, and you have kind of fighting game elements all mixed together in a multiplayer game. Alright, so tell us about the time period in which it's set at or about the different factions or something. 
this is a this is a fantasy game, so it's not it's not Earth. It's not uh, you know in, in our uh, time scale. Um, so, but in Calamity Fuse world, it's uh, around the time of their industrial revolution when things are just starting to pick up and their society and technology is getting getting more advanced and and the old religious religious factions are starting to feel threatened by the the new technologies um, and it's gotten to the point where fighting is broken out and so you you play either the the, the technology guys the Makindo or the the religious guys the Numenai who who have a kind of magical powers that they cool cool so um Thomas and I and uh, Nick and once again Andrew right before we played Baron Baru um were playing in a very very busy server um last night and we got a chance to play through it uh, for actually I played for it played it for about two hours and I think Thomas you only played it for about half an hour or something Regardless, um, I know one thing that's really, really on people's minds who've played this game or played one of your betas that are available is uh, how difficult it is and how difficult it is to grasp. Um, now, I know these are betas, but what do you plan on doing in the future in order to make that learning curve a little bit better for the players out there? Uh, do you mean in general or for the, the melee there have been a lot of uh, issues? or? Well, I just mean in general, so that people can understand how the magic works, or magic combined with melee, or how to be an awesome melee fighter like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've been, uh, every playtest, we've been taking in all the uh, the comments from users and using it to try and improve the game, because it's a very deep system. Um, and it's it's hard to, like you say, hard to grasp it at first, just because there's there's... There's so much stuff that's possible to do with it. Um, so that's been a real challenge for us, and we've been incrementally trying to improve the menu and the interface with the game to, to make it more understandable. One example is that we've made uh, uh, presets for the, the kinds of magic combinations that you can have so that you don't have to actually know understand how the whole system works uh, right off the bat. You can just use the presets. So with that said, um, I know there's a unique feature in your mod that a lot of people don't grasp, um, and that's combining magic with melee, or combining, <laughs> combining magic with uh, like ranged um, weapons. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and how that's unique to Calamity Fuse? Sure. Uh, let's see. The best way to describe it is, um, the way we like to describe it is if you've ever played Final Fantasy VII, it... It's analogous to if you took the materia system from that game and put it into a first-person shooter. You can you have a lot of basic elemental types and then basic uh, like we call them force types, um, and you can combine them to create your own magic spells. And then you can fuse them in with your weapons to do uh, additional elemental damage, or fuse them with your armor to defend uh, more against different types of damage. Um, and, and it's really very, uh, I forget the word, but uh, versatile. There you go. It's a very versatile system that you can you can do a lot of stuff. Does that answer your question? Yeah, of course. Um, do you guys plan on adding a sort of tutorial system, or are you going to stick with uh, this kind of HUD interface tutorial system you have going right now? The problem with it, we've been avoiding it, because people don't really play tutorials. They like to... My philosophy is that if you can't jump into the game and be having fun in 30 seconds to a minute, then the, the developers have failed you. 
Um, and you see this as a trend more often. Uh, you get in-game training as you go with like Valve games and a lot of AAA games. So we've been trying to do that. Eventually, I might cave in and make a tutorial level, but I think if we can if we can make it so that you learn to play the game while you're playing the game, then ultimately we're gonna have a, a more of a, a win situation. See, I might I might have to disagree with you on that, and I don't want to kind of be the devil's advocate. But uh, I've seen tutorial systems like uh, like Smash Ball um, have very, very, very intricate gameplay elements. And they had an offline tutorial system where you kind of played against bots and uh, you learned how to use a rope. Um, you learned how to use their grappling system, so to speak, and throw balls through hoops um, and the such. You guys don't plan on doing something like that or, uh, or you're just sticking away from offline tutorial system altogether? Um, I, I can't say it's out of the question, especially for, for people like this crowd right here who don't mind going through a tutorial system like that. It would be a great thing to have. But then there's a lot of players who would just completely ignore it and get into the game and have absolutely no clue what to do. So we really need both. If I can just give you my experience of a game called Planetside, um, I consider myself uh, a newbie and a knob when it comes to MP games. I went in there and there was no clear direction, there was no clear help, and I played for maybe 15 minutes trying to figure out what I was supposed to do, couldn't even leave the base to join one of the teams, gave up, haven't played it since, and I'm not suggesting your mod is exactly like that, but you're right, you're going to need to be able to offer different kind of players different kinds of help, and as long as you've decided this is what you want, that's fair enough, but try not to forget that there are people who are idiots like me or have no experience and that uh, if you had a server or a process to make it as easy as possible for them then you're opening yourself to more potential players right i can't disagree but um i think you'd also have to agree that once you got the hang of the game it started the fun started to pick up pick up pretty quick yeah i have to admit to that um I also have to admit that earlier on in other shows, um, we've kind of slammed your mod, and I, I apologize for that, but I think we've slammed it for good reason, and I think there's a lot of people um, out there who feel the same as us. That's why I'm bringing it to a head right now, and I don't want to kind of pick on you a little bit, but uh, I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there who don't understand the game, and that's where the fundamental flaw lies, and uh, that's where we were a couple episodes back, but when I got through the playtest yesterday, and... Uh, and when I got through playing everything that was available to me and really, really struggled with the way the system works and understand how to combine magic with my weapons and uh, slot things behind my weapons, I really gained uh, a new type of, um, I guess, recognition. And uh, I don't know, I, I really appreciated the mod a lot more once I understood that. And I'm just trying to make it known to the listeners out there who are having some problems with this mod and i know there's tons out there um even on your mod db profile there's a lot of people talking and saying that this is a little bit confusing um uh what what's going to be done in the final version i'm just trying to t let those people know out there that uh once you do understand it uh the the mod becomes em exponentially better maybe i should take a cue from beer and how to how to do this kind of well, even them, even they don't have uh, a tutorial system right now, uh, which is why I suggested to the developers that they should have one as well. Because the way we got um, involved in that mod is he actually wrote out a tutorial for us in the email that he sent, uh, and he told us the pros and cons of each stance. Oh, well, that's um, cheating. 
<laughs> yeah, but all I'm saying is that, uh, like, even in Calamity Fuse, uh, you, you have your HUD-based uh, training system, which exists, but you can never go back to that. Um, the problem with that HUD-based training system is that it's giving you information whenever it wants to, instead of you asking for the information. I really think there needs to be a system where people can... Um, almost say, hey, okay, I really want to learn this mod, I want to read about it, I want to figure out how to do all this stuff, and then I want to go through a tutorial system. And I'm not trying to slam right. your mod, but I think there's oh, people out there... I think there's people out there who are very much discouraged, and I'm just trying to give them hope <laughs> for the future. <laughs> well, you know what, I honestly don't blame you, because the, the um, especially visually, the, the game is at a pretty rudimentary state right now. Uh, but we felt that if we open it up and let a lot of people play it in the end, uh, it would develop better than if we kept it closed because we could have a lot of fresh eyes looking at it and giving us, giving yeah us their opinion on on uh, how to improve it and you know what they found confusing and so on and so forth. So since it was in a fully playable state months and months and months ago, we thought, you know, why shouldn't we, we let people play it as kind of a demo, as a beta? Yeah, and you mentioned your effects, and uh, your effects are incredible. I really, really, really enjoyed, um, I really, really enjoyed the effects that you guys have going on. Um, clearly you have some talented coders. Um, the magic is fun. I'm, I'm, I like playing as a mage over melee or ranged myself. So, uh, I get to see... That's only because it's overpowered. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was kind of my next question: Is how are you dealing with uh, overpowered classes over the others? Are you playtesting uh, some, or are you really, really, are you just kind of getting your playtesters in one server and saying, "Okay, you play mage, I play ranged, and uh, we'll just figure out what you're better at than I am." Right. The system we have going is uh, a, a kind of rock paper scissors thing where the uh, the swords beat the. The firearms, the firearms beat the magic, and the magic beats the swords. Um, and what this does is it forces players to uh, not specialize, to have a little bit of each so that they can be prepared for every scenario they come across. Um, so it's ideally kind of a, like a self-balancing system. Um, in reality, the magic does way too much damage right now, so it, we still have some kinks to work out. Um, and yeah, like you said, basically the the idea is getting a bunch of players in a server and seeing what is working. And in fact, as soon as two days ago, it was a lot worse. I did a patch to the server just before we were playing to make it a lot better than it was before. So incrementally, this is something I learned from my previous project. I worked on the specialist for a long time. You never make big changes to balance. You always make small incremental changes. Uh, until it gets to where you want to be. Because if you make a big change, then you're practically where you started. Yeah, I agree with that sort of motif. So what kind of things are in the future for Calamity Fuse? What do you see down the line? Right now there's only one map, so I'm sure you're going to be adding more maps and definitely refining the map that's currently out. More maps, more gameplay options. We have one that's almost done. We're just working on the, the training, the like, like helping players learn how to do it. It's called uh, Pariah Mode. Um, where it's uh, essentially area capture, but with two kind of power roles. One can capture points really fast, and one can uh, is and another one is the only player who can kill that other one. I don't know if that makes sense, but it'll make sense when you're playing it. Um, so more game 
uh, play um, options, more weapons, a shotgun, a sniper rifle, uh, more different types of swords, um, more magic, more elements, more uh, things you can do with magic, like draining health and stamina from other players, putting, giving shields to your allies, and giving stealth to your allies, and like a vengeance one that attacks players after you die, and I mean, anything you can think of we can add to the magic system and we have a lot of really neat stuff uh, in the queue that we haven't even gotten around to. Um, which brings me to one of my next questions. I'm sorry if I'm stealing the stage from any of the other people uh, on the <laughs> podcast. But uh, how do you, when do you say enough is enough in terms of uh, when you're focusing on content? You guys have a lot of things involved. Uh, do you ever worry about overwhelming the player or do you ever say, okay, we have enough features now, let's, let's take a break and uh, maybe we'll get to the feature list a little bit later? Um, enough is enough when we get to the end of our design document. <laughs> um, we have a lot of things in mind that we want to do, and yeah, we have <laughs> a bunch of uh, stuff that we've already gotten ready uh, that we're just waiting to to perfect before we release. Um, and really, once the game became playable, we, um, we kind of threw out the design document, and we're really just going by what people are asking for most, and what people, um, and what the game shows that it needs to, to have the most to be fun. So, um, ultimately, like, at, the, at, the, at this point, I can't really say when we're going to stop. We're going to stop when the game feels complete. See what I mean? Okay. So you're so the drive of the mod is relying on the community over, say, your own goals or something like that. Definitely, yeah. The community took center stage a good long time ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thomas, you have any questions for Vino? Um. Well, this has sort of been addressed, but uh, it's one of the things that I took away from the playtest last night. Um, is there going to be uh, like I know that you already have a few uh, preset classes in the menu screen but for those of us that aren't into the whole uh, complexity of the magic and binding to weapons and are really a fan of a big machine gun that likes to go around getting frags is there any hope for players like us uh yeah that's why we have the uh the the preset configurations for you so there'll be one there's one right now i don't know maybe you missed it last night um that's just two guns and some good armor, and you just run around and shoot stuff. Right, and hopefully that uh, that class will be able to stand a chance against these uh, sword-wielding maniacs that jump off of the walls at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is definitely a specialized game, um, in my opinion. I'm not saying it's specialized to people. I'm just saying you really, really have to practice at it before you really start to enjoy it. And... Uh, what my my last question maybe is uh, what kind of things do you see um, in terms of obstacles in the future? What kind of things do you see as obstacles right now for your mod? I would say our biggest problem uh, is uh, I'm gonna have two big problems here. The first the first one is uh, probably the the thing that we're lacking the most is good visuals because. We have a lot of systems in the game that were so uh, completely different from the standard way that Half-Life does things that they had to be totally redesigned. And so um, 
after a couple iterations, we finally have gotten something that works. Um, so we just have to, you know, improve it because we're not building off the, the base half-life stuff. Um, so that needs, uh, that, that has been a big obstacle. And the other thing that I would say is uh, I personally am really bad at hyping stuff. Um, so we've kind of flown under the radar uh, with just now starting to, to pick up some attention. Um, so really getting our name out there and, and getting heard and people hearing about our ideas and what we're trying to do would be the, the other big obstacle that we have. Yeah, I think your betas are bringing out, uh, if you're worried a little bit about PR, I think your betas are really um, helping you along in that aspect. You're getting on the front page of ModDB, and uh, you're getting a lot more people playing. I noticed last I'm starting to guys yeah, I noticed last night there's a lot of people in the server, which was nice to see, because when I was talking about the mod before, I was playing by myself, and there weren't a lot of people playing, um, there weren't a lot of people playing the mod, so I couldn't really get a good idea of how it worked. Right. I'm kind of proud, because I think that was actually the largest game of Calamity Fuse that's ever been played. Interesting. Very. Will Thomas, do you have any other questions? I'm just about dry. Uh, no. Uh, I found last night to be a very interesting experience, and hopefully, like it's already been said, uh, perhaps the learning curve can be just, you know, not so steep in the future, simply because I was kind of like, for the first, you know, one or two minutes, I'm like, uh, what's going on? But then, no, when I found you and started killing you, uh, things started to pick up. Right. I'll add that to my list of things to do. Make the game easier. <laughs> well, not just necessarily easier. Uh, there, it just needs to be a little bit clearer. But but it's still in beta, so these things can be expected. And uh, I think you're doing an excellent job with Calamity Fuse. It is a huge undertaking, and there's a lot of really, really cool features in this mod, and I love magic. So um, these types of things very much interest me. <laughs> can I just add something? I, ha I haven't tested it because, as you probably know, I'm not really a, uh, a big MP fan, but one thing I have found that's very interesting is if you want to see what uh, people new to the game alike, try and find somebody that you know is similar to me who doesn't play them very much and actually sit behind him and watch him and don't say a word, don't answer any of his or her questions and watch them because I think that that will be a real learning experience, not just for um, you but for mod developers in general because I've heard so many stories of people sitting down and saying, oh my god, I didn't pe realise people played like that. And from a developer's point of view, that could be really, really helpful. Maybe there's things that you haven't even considered that are really important for somebody like me. Yeah, um, uh, believe it or not, we actually do that. We uh, post on Craigslist and have people uh, come out and play the game while we stand behind them and watch with their mouths closed. And um, it's very humbling. <laughs> and uh, typically, after a good play test, I'll have, I have to get a full sheet of paper um, because I know I'll fill it all up with, with stuff that I have to do and change and, and all that. And believe it or not, the game has come a long way since when we first started and there were no presets and you had to understand the magic system before you could do anything and, that, and nobody had any clue what to do. And yeah, it's, it's a lot better now than it used to be and of course it has a while to go, but um, yeah, that's definitely part of We visited Valve in... July. We flew out to Seattle and, and talked with them, and they helped us a lot with a lot of um, uh, how their processes of, of 
improving their game and the same play testers that tested TF do uh, tested clan refuse it was really nice. Wow okay, that's really cool it's encouraging to hear that you uh, you do that kind of stuff. Yes sir. Yeah that's great to hear and that would be a great experience for any developer fly out to Seattle. It'll be a different interview when I tell you about the Valve offices playtesting Left 4 Dead and stuff. Yeah, I know. I've heard I've heard same things about Valve offices in Seattle. It's it's crazy. You gotta you gotta go there to to really. And I can honestly point out things in Left 4 Dead that were changed because of my input, which is a nice. Very nice. Well, I think that's it for the interview. Why don't you tell people where they can go to find out more about Clam Diffuse and uh, where they can get the builds? Good call. Uh, you can find Calamity Fuse at a really easy website. It's calamityfuse.com. And uh, since it's a beta, you got to go on our forums to find the build. Um, but there's a link there from the uh, front page of the website. So if you're interested in uh, helping us play test and improve the game, by all means, click the link, download. All you need is a copy of Half-Life 2, which I'm sure everybody here has. And if you're a mod DB junkie like I am, you can always search Calamity Fuse on mod DB, and you got your betas right there on their file front, right? Good call. All right, so that's it with uh, Vino. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that interview. Definitely uh, a good, good, good uh, aspiring mod and uh, very high hopes. And our last bit of stuff today is kind of, uh, we're going to be kind of ending on a sad note because I think Philip has an announcement for us. Yes, thank you, William. I'd just like to announce that this is my last appearance on Podcast 17 as co-host Unfortunately, due to other commitments, both within and outside of gaming, it's made recording the show very difficult for me. If circumstances allow, I'll definitely make the occasional appearance on the show, and if any other podcasts require a guest, please let me know. I definitely want to thank William for giving me the opportunity to share my slightly strange views with everybody, because without him there would be no Podcast 17. Definitely there would be no Podcast 17 without William. I wish him, Thomas, and Podcast 17 the greatest of success and look forward to listening to future shows. Did that sound too um, too much like I read it out? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, we're definitely we're very, very sorry to see you leave. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Philip. I've learned so much from you, actually, to be honest, over these past couple of weeks and over these past couple of shows. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners have as well. Uh, you provide such a valued opinion and different view on things. Well, thank you. And thank you for being the instigator of this whole project, because as I said just now, without you, there wouldn't be anything. It was you that contacted me and suggested it. And uh, I thought it was a great idea. And I think all of the hundreds of thousands of listeners also think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and just to let the listeners know, we will have Philip back on the show. Uh, just not every show. Um, he's not the solid co-host. He will be replaced with dun -dun -dun, Thomas from Half-Life Creations, who is here today. So Thomas, the torch has been passed on to you. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a very big torch. I've known Philip for, God, how long have I known you, Philip? How long has it been? Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Probably uh, uh, at least a couple of years, maybe more. To be honest, I'm not sure. Yeah, we just kind of bumped into each other because uh, I was doing some mod work, and well, Planet Philip is the go-to place for especially the smaller mods taken off. I think I contacted you when Opposing Force Redux was coming around. But needless to say, um, 
it's a huge responsibility. It's a great honor to have been selected to take Philip's place. And uh, hopefully I can bring a new element to the show and continue to uh, you know, produce good results for this podcast. And hopefully the listeners will enjoy listening to the sound of my voice every week. Allow me to be the first to congratulate you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And with that said, I think we can close up another episode of Podcast 17. For more information, check out uh, www.podcast17.com. You can always comment on our shows. Uh, no listener audio questions this week, unfortunately, but if you have a listener audio question, feel free to use our audio slash video comment system. And uh, we can't promise we'll get your picture up on the show because we're not a video podcast. But uh, we'll get your voice, definitely. And uh, ask us any question. We will answer it. Uh, well, I guess content permitting. But... Uh, Always check out Podcast 17. Any questions, concerns, comments, feedback at Podcast 17 is where you can reach us. Philip, any last goodbyes? <laughs> this is almost like death row. And, and make sure that you keep playing single-player mods more than MP. If you see MP in the description, just go on to the next one. <laughs> oh, thanks. Editor, any last words? Uh, well, as I get ready to push Philip out the door here on the wheelchair down the set of stairs, not a ramp... Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys next week and every week on Podcast 17. And be sure, as a shameless plug, to check out Half-Life Creations, because, hey, we're hosting the cool mods, like Fragout. So be sure to check us out. Get some free hosting. And I'd like to thank Vino for coming on the show with Calamity Fuse. My pleasure. And I think that is another episode complete.